What is going on? Welcome into the Bardic Circle. Once again, I am one of your hosts, Kyler Mead. I'm joined by your other two hosts, Alex Gallant and Trey Lanthier, where we will take you through yet another act of a play by William Shakespeare, the great bard of Avalon himself, William Shakespeare. We're talking Julius Caesar. We're talking act Four, it's getting testy, testy. What's going on, boys? To Good to have it. you in here. Yeah, thanks for having us again, Mr. Kyler. It's wonderful You're that you welcome. welcome us back to this wonderful in- retrospective look at Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. the only Always kind of look. Highlight of my week. Perspective. This is the best. So we skipped a week uh, for people that are following along week by week. It doesn't matter. We just did. And that's the way it is. Shakespeare doesn't go anywhere. We hope you didn't go anywhere. Uh, We're ready to talk about uh, the bard himself. We're ready to talk about some good stuff. We're ready to talk act four, boys. We're almost to the finish line. Of our first play, Julius Caesar. It is inside. I can see the finish line. We're a little ways away. Some stuff is going to happen. There seem to be are. some obstacles along the way to the finish line. Yeah, exactly right. Yes. Not a 100 meter dash here. It's more like a, I don't know, triple jump. Yeah, you got to yes. do numerous things here to finish the job. Yeah, we got we got a ways to go. So let's start with by the book for act four of Julius Caesar by William Shakespeare. There are three scenes in scene one. It's a quickie. Mark Antony is there with his new homies, Octavius and Lepidus, and they are uh, taking names to kill. Yeah, they ain't messing around. Very specifically taking names, too. Yeah, there's a point where they're like, hey, what about this guy? He's your brother. How about, uh, should we not kill him? I really think we should kill him, but just checking that it's cool with you. And yeah, and Lepidus is like, yeah, sure, it's cool, as long as we kill your sister's kid. So uh, it's a little morbid, and uh, they're into it. So that's it. And then uh, Lepidus leaves. (laughs) It is weird. Lepidus leaves and Antony reveals that mm, he's not super impressed, actually, by Lepidus. Uh, I don't know really what that serves. It doesn't serve much in the rest of the act, maybe in act five. Real strong Uh, of him to say that after he leaves. Yeah, Antony talking behind the back, uh, calling Lepidus a horse. That's a fun part. Um, Or comparing him to his own horse. Uh, So that's a figurative language, please. Sure, yeah. Uh, scene two is kind of in like a opener to scene three, which is saying something because scene three is like a million years long. Scene two, Brutus and Cassius are not, and I repeat, not making a scene in front of the soldiers. Uh, there's some anger. There's some frustration, but they're going to take it inside the tent. Let's stay together for the kids. Um and that's it. Scene three, the scene continues. It's really a, an extension of scene two or vice versa. Uh, it goes down. Uh, they're mad. Cassius is mad. Brutus is mad. And uh, as Kevin Malone would say, that's about it. Um, so it's a it's a bad it's a bad scene. They are going at each other for a minute there. 
Um, and then more than a minute. My goodness. Yeah, for several minutes. Yeah, <laughs> accurate. Thank you, Alex. For several minutes, they're going at each other. Uh, and then uh, they're not. Uh, they take their hand and their heart. And now we're drinking wine. And that's not the end of the scene, because then they have a guy come in and talk about who's dead. And they make some preparations for war. This is a very long scene. They prepare for the next uh, stage of war. They decide whether or not, and in fact, to go to Philippi. Uh, and then Caesar's ghost shows up after everyone I'm else goes to sleep. Just uh, six lines of quick uh, Caesar's ghost. Caesar says, hey, I'm going to be at Philippi. Brutus is like, you're going to be at Philippi? Caesar says, yeah, I'm going to be at Philippi. It's a good it's a good little exchange. Real real uh, war of the words there. Uh, and, uh, and that's it. Uh, Brutus freaks out for a second and then the scene ends. Uh, so that's it. That's, did I miss? Yeah. Cliffhanger. What's going to happen? I guess. I mean, they, they told mm. us they're going to Philippi, but, um, anything, anything that stood out to you guys that I missed in my extremely brief and irreverent flirtation with C act four of Julius Caesar. Yeah, for me, I would just say it's a continuation of what we talked about in previous episodes. Make sure you check those out, by the way. But please do. Really, Cassius and Brutus, it, we're almost getting to the end here, and their quarrel is still continuing. And I, and I continue to find it kind of fascinating. Not sure if that's a positive or negative way to put it. I'm not really sure if it's positive or negative overall, but it's fascinating in the sense that they seem to have this relationship where they each have similar motives when it comes to battle but then there's the then there's these slight differences that continue to play out over the course of the play not just in act four we see it play out more here but overall as well act one two three and four so far and they they keep jawing at each other but they're trying not to make a big deal out out of it but the fact that they're not trying to make a big deal out of their argument seems to be making a big deal out of their argument because they keep coming back to it and they can never seem to come to a resolution fully there. There's hints here and there, but as far as a full resolution, it seems like that's still not on the table. Yeah. And I mean, let's yeah. be clear when we say like a long argument uh, for those of you reading along with us, you're aware it, it, it takes you a while to get through the back and forth between, between them throughout that. I mean, it's a, it's a long, long right. section in this, in this play. Yeah, we've got speeches back and forth where they're just like just sniping at one another. And it's also yeah, like kind of passive aggressive and like, oh, if you think this of me, then I guess I am just that way. And there's this period where they're like, hey, uh, maybe I'll fight you. And then they're like, wait, no, 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 I, I, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean I'd fight you. I didn't say I was a better soldier. I just said I was an elder soldier. Did I say a better soldier? And uh, then, then, then. Yeah, it's those clarifications are... at the end that that's kind of, yeah. that I find to be rather fascinating in the sense that these two honorable guys or supposed honorable guys in in this region seem to fall down when it comes to the war of words they really can't stick it to one another without pulling back at the end oh. it's like they're going for the dagger and then they pull back at the end and it's like eh, they're walking yeah, on eggshells at the end 
a good part right towards the end of the argument where Cassius is like, here, here's my dagger and here are my naked breasts. Just stab me. Just stab yep. me. Stab me. <laughs> He's so dramatic. Like, gosh. I don't know. But what's what's interesting about it, when, you know, we talk about them being honorable men and like, is Cassius honorable? Like, I know Brutus is notable for his honor, but Cassius is, was the manipulator. Cassius was the guy who kind of slithered in and got in everyone's ear and kind of worm-tongued them into killing Caesar. Like, I know we have our own qualms with Brutus's honor, but Cassius, like, they may not be a good match, maybe is the problem. They may just be kind of two different dudes. And I mean, it would make sense. Imagine if, like, to go back to this, Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham were like, let's let's do a thing. Like, those are some different guys. Whether or not they have some stuff in common, there's a lot different, like, motivations going on. And I, I think that you find yourself in this situation that you really hoped would never happen, which is war and your generals of these armies. And here you are having to get along with this guy that, in reality, you have some differences with. Yeah, and that's really kind of, for me, the fascinating thing about Shakespeare overall is that it, it that analogy just made is 21st century analogy, but then this yep. play, right, written 500 years ago or so, uh, the fact that you can still have these conversations and apply it to different areas of life, obviously, McConnell and Graham aren't sword fighting on Capitol Hill, literally, but the fact that they have these uh, war of words that I, I mean, it's safe to say, I don't think I'm going out on a limb here to say there's some war of words going on even in the present day. So it, it kind of has long lasting implications of, of the message that Shakespeare may or may not have intended to send uh, to his audience. I think so. And you look at, you know, getting back to scene one too, where Antony had this shift, like he starts off and he's like, you know, in, in, in act three where he's just starting things so slowly and he's slow playing the game and, you know, it's it's he he understand he knows how good his hand is, but he's like, yeah, let's just just check, just check, you know, and he's he's playing it so just 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 deliberately, and then he's got it, and here he is with Octavius, and he's got these armies, and he's like, yeah, let's murder all these people, um, and things have shifted somewhat for Antony. Um, it's 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 fascinating that. He was probably always that guy. He just he was manipulating people in the sense that he understood what the best way to get people on his side was. It's interesting to see Antony kind of just come unto himself where he's not only like, okay, yeah, we can murder my nephew, uh, but also Lepidus leaves and he's like, that guy kind of reminds me of my horse. (laughs) Yeah, no, immediate shift. And I think you're right, Tyler, like highlights that manipulative sense uh about everything that he's saying and doing it's always you know with some strategy or game in mind and you you see those true colors show through when we get to see him through multiple conversations and one bleeding into the other uh with his you know actual assessment of the people that he's talking to yeah i mean people that he's entrusted his future to in a sense you know and anyway did anyone have a favorite quote or a favorite moment that we didn't mention uh, in uh, in Act Four of Julius Caesar, that was kind of mine. Just fascinated to see this continue to play out. This Cassius Brutus uh, conundrum, and it's like, well, we got one act left. I think 
we're going to get a resolution at some point, but just fascinating to see two strong guys not being able to make up their mind 100%. One way or another, it's going yeah. to resolve. Yeah, exactly. I know I'm going out on a limb there, but. Yep. Trey, anything yeah. you want to add before we get into predictions? We talked about it, but I, I really think <laughs> the moment of uh, giving giving somebody a dagger uh, during an argument is a very interesting strategy and worked out okay, I guess, because, you know, he didn't actually stab him <laughs> with it. But uh, I don't like like to me, like what I wondered when I was going through reading through that was is 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 this like like to your point, Kyler, like is this like a dramatic just plea to, you know, escalate the argument further or is he actually so distraught about you know having lost his 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 friend or his ally that that, that he wants this person to kill him like I, I you know it was kind of an interesting thought that that entire time wondering that but fortunately, I would, put the dagger away so yeah never- put it away Cassius. um all right let's look at last week's predictions Alex, whoa, educated guess here. Tension between Brutus and Cassius. Nailed it. What do you have to say for yourself? I mean, I'm just picking up where I left off last week. I was on fire last week. People were choosing my award nominees left and right. Nailed the prediction. I don't know. I guess I'm just kind of a big deal. What can I say? What can you say? And speaking of being on fire, Trey's prediction is Portia has something to say. Well, yeah. she did. Certainly not anymore. Literally on fire. Literally on fire. We Portia don't know is dead. The exacts of the de- oh, actually, we do. I mean, she put the hot coals in her mouth. Uh, but she she well, choked. We, on they don't say that, but we're pretty sure that's fine. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, pretty sad. Brutus, mm, Brutus's reaction to Portia being dead. Mm, not left maybe something to the be most desired. ideal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we, what was funny about it, uh, not funny, but depressing <laughs> and kind of funny. Now I'm laughing. Uh, about it. This is going was well. we got two versions of his own reaction. He got a second chance in the same scene to react. Uh, Masala is telling him, thinks that he's informing him of Portia's death. Turns out we already knew. He already knew that Portia was dead. Got and Masala... What does Masala think of Brutus? He's like, yeah, your wife is dead. I'm really sorry. And Brutus says, farewell, Portia. All right. <laughs> things that uh, that matter now, I guess. Let's talk about think people that are alive. Like, man. Like, Masala cold. wasn't here earlier. <laughs> but uh, Brutus don't have time for people like Masala, please. Oh, or, or Portia, Portia apparently. apparently. Yikes. Or so Portia even more. Yeah, you're right. My goodness. Poor Portia. Yeah. Poor Portia. And uh, my uh, prediction was that no females ever speak again. Uh, we'll see. Mm. We'll find that out in Act 5 if that's true. But certainly one female won't speak again. Uh, and we've talked about Portia's no, ghost. Play yeah. <laughs> true. Good point. There are ghosts coming out and just saying like, hey, I'm going to see you over there. Coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> Isn't that what ghosts do the anyway? They come work. out of the woodwork? Yeah. Maybe. Well, it depends, you know. Haunted. It could, it could be, yeah. <laughs> Word. Um, all right, let's talk about awards. Uh, our our standby all the time award is the Bobby Petrino Worst Guy of the Act Award. Uh, Trey, why don't you go ahead with your nomination for the Bobby Petrino Award? All right. So 
you know, I, I always try to avoid the obvious ones. Uh, and in this case, it, I don't think there was one that, you know, stood out to me as like the highlight necessarily. But I mean, I'm going to stick it in scene one and keep with Anthony. I mean, like, it's such a jerk move uh, to to make the comparisons. You I mean, you know, uh, comparing comparing Lepidus to, to his horse. Um, but also, you know, to your point, Kyler, like this guy that had just been in talks with him was like, you know, deeply connecting with uh, on this conversation about who they're going to kill um, and very specifically who they're going to kill. And then immediately is able to turn around and think, oh, yeah, that guy's a total idiot, you know, total brain dead loser uh, by, you know, comparing him to an animal that we can only imagine Anthony thinks is dumb. So that's what I'm going with. I mean, I'm going to say, say Anthony, you know, we didn't get as much of him in this particular act, but, but that's, that's, it's hard for me to pick between Brutus and Cassius, but, but I'm sticking with Anthony. Fair. Alex, who you got the Petrino award? Yeah, I really like that one. Um, But I'll also nominate Brutus again, not much of a risque pick here or anything. Uh, But the fact that Brutus really doesn't seem to have one emotionally sensitive bone in his body and he kind of looks at characters as like pawns in a chess game, um, kind of makes you an ideal quintessential nominee for the Bobby Petrino Worst Guy of the Act Award. Kind of like thinking of, I don't know, college football players as pawns. Yeah, I don't know. We won't get into that. But the sense of Petrino is to the players as Brutus is to his wife, his deceased wife and other people throughout the play, I think is a little um, over the top in the sense that he really has, I don't want to say no mercy, but no uh, remorse or no um, sense of grief displayed at any moment. I think that's fair. He's not very empathetic, if you will. Yeah, we couldn't not nominate Brutus. That would be a little ridiculous. That would be like not nominating Julius Caesar for the Julius Caesar Memorial Worst or Deadest Guy Award last week. You're welcome. See? Or two weeks ago, I should say. Yeah. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate that. Um, So I'm just going to go out ahead and uh, nominate um, uh, Lucius. My guy, Lucius. Could not stay awake through his own song. Uh, that was just, bad. Uh, rough, rough. Uh, tough to be a servant in the evening when your your uh, master can't sleep. But uh, don't fall asleep while singing, guy. Like, come on. Uh, that's that's a bad job. That's a bad job, young young man, young young fellow. Um. I recognize that it's hard, and he's not going to be my pick, but he is my nominee. Uh, Trey, uh, who is your selection from the nominees? We'll vote on who the Petrino Award was after you've heard the nominees. So, yeah, I mean, like, I I obviously, I totally hear the case for Brutus, but I think, you know, more than anything, like, of course, the Porsche thing uh, is a a pretty big down mark, but uh, I'm going to stick with Anthony. I'm sticking with my guns. Alex, your, your vote. Yeah, I'm going to swap to Antony. Um, I think Trey made a compelling argument. And again, as we alluded to earlier, the fact that Antony is talking smack about people behind their back when he didn't have the gusto to say it to their face, you're supposed to be a noble leader. Mm-mm, not good. Mm-mm. He's got the head shake going on. 
Um, well, my vote doesn't matter, but I'm going to vote for Brutus because, man, he sucks in this act. All right. Uh, the next award is going to be uh, – well, this is a new award. We're calling it the Flippin' a Yui Award. This is the fastest 180 turnaround, the big U-turn. Um, I think there's some good options, actually, in this, weirdly. Uh, there's one obvious one, and I'll go ahead and throw it out just for the boring nomination. Uh, the obvious one is Brutus and Cassius together. It's a it's an ensemble performance for this award as they are going down a path of extraordinary anger and then like, no, here's my hand. Take my heart also. And then they're drinking wine. And it's like two lines from like, hey, maybe you should stab me to, no, let's have lots of wine. I love you so much. I love you so much. Uh, that's my obvious nomination for the Flippin' the Yui Award. You guys can have more interesting ones. There's one other that I could think of, but maybe you guys can think of too. Uh, so the ensemble performance of Brutus and Cassius is my nomination for the Flippin' the Yui. So I'm going to throw amendment into yours, which is that the moment, the moment I thought was the biggest 180 was when this poet comes up to them and is like, you know, upset with them for, for arguing with one another. Uh, and... <laughs> They literally pulls like an Abe Simpson and just like, oh, here's my hat. Oh, I'm gone. See ya. What a They totally like, like this guy who is making a valid point about the fact that they were arguing, trying to rectify that argument. Pretty cool thing. Uh, and they literally shove him away and laugh at him as if it's crazy that he would think they were in like a dire straits as friends. Yeah. Yeah. That is a great call. And I had not considered that the poet like One that. of the least consequential characters in the history of characters. Like well, that dude walks in, pulls the Abe Simpson, puts his hat on, picks his hat back up and walks back out. That dude has nothing going on. <laughs> what is he there for? That is a hard Yui. Good call, yeah, good stuff. Uh, Alex, do you have a third nomination for the Flippin' a Yui Award? Uh, I do. I'm probably going to switch my vote to one of your two, but I'll throw this one out anyway. And it's Antony for many of the reasons that Trey alluded to for the Petrino Award, I think apply very, very well to the Flippin' Ayui Award in the sense, especially with his uh, dialogue or uh, discussions about Lepidus, the fact that, oh, you're good. Let's join forces. Let's join up. You're bad. It's like, what? <laughs> you're good oh he's gone you're bad okay that's i mean good and bad okay i'm not very good with words but good and bad that's pretty much flipping a yui to a t no that's the obvious other one in my opinion i think those that was the one that i would have done if i hadn't done the ensemble of cassius brutus uh but holy cow i am voting for the upset and that's the poet trey's nomination is so good because what is he doing there uh, so that's my vote. Uh, Alex, who are you voting for? Three really good options, in my opinion. Yeah, really good options. I feel like we've beaten a dead horse. Haha, <laughs> a little play on words there from from the from the act. Hey but, uh, we've beaten the dead horse on Brutus and Cassius. So I'm going to go Poet as well. This is like a 12 over a five in the tournament. Okay, kind of sneaky, sneaky talented. Okay, your pick there. But then, yeah, like you said, pulling a Yui, literally. Very Came good. out of kind like of a it. strong conference, kind of low, low, uh, yeah. low nominate. You know, just barely like snuck the A10. In the, uh, 
Exactly. exactly. Yeah. It's like the, uh, I don't know, name in A10, the, the Dayton, not this Dayton. year, but like the Dayton, Dayton of. Flyers. Most years. Yeah. Not yeah. Years. Most years. Uh, Trey, your vote doesn't matter, but what is it anyway? I'm sticking with the poet. I'm sticking by my guns. That's my theme of the night. It's got me two wins so Gun far. So I'm stuck by. I like it. You're very nice. It. All right. We're, uh, we're sticking with sports jokes here uh, because that's kind of who we are. This is the Perry Ellis. That guy's still in the league award uh, for Perry Ellis, who you'll recall or not. He wasn't. <laughs> I mean, maybe not. He played for the <laughs> University of Kansas for like 17 years for their basket, men's basketball team. He was there for a very long time, and it was shocking. And every uh, single that guy was still around. Come up on your screen, you'd say, that guy's still on that, that team? That still in the league? Yeah. So the uh, another uh, another honorable mention for this would be Bonzi uh, Wells, uh, who, who played for uh, Notre Dame for several minutes. Um but uh Bonzi Wells? That was was that the uh, are you sure it's not Bonzi Colson? Do I have the wrong name? I, I think Bonzi Wells it's... was like that NBA guy that Rome maybe you're I don't think Bonzi Wells went Bonzi. to Notre Dame, but well okay. When you guys here. just to explain what this is so you guys can give your nominations and I can look up uh who Okay, I'm good. Yes. Um, yeah, these are Colson. Yeah. Bonzi uh, Colson, is that who I meant? Yeah, I'm uh, pretty sure. This is yeah. not important. I will look it up and you guys will give your nominations. This is for the guy that, or gal, I, I, it's, it's going to be a guy. This is Shakespeare. Uh, this is for the guy that you're surprised is still in the play. Uh, um, yeah, so I'm I'm ready. I've been ready for this one. Go for it. Go, go. Poet seemed like a good one, but that's we don't we don't know the backstory behind him and all that. There's not really too much there. But obviously, for me, the biggest shock is Julius Caesar is still in the play, and that huh. makes sense. Of course, it's the the namesake, but uh, shows up and very you know un Caesar esque. It's like he's lost all. His, it's you know like like a like a, a a veteran about to retire on the edge. A ghost is a pretty apt metaphor for the way you know his insignificance uh, in in this this moment where he's talking with Brutus while Brutus is sleeping, uh, you know, and they just confirm a detail and then he disappears. It's, it's really a very uh, limited interaction. But to me, that's, that's the the surprise is, is that, Oh wow. Caesar's still in this. See, that's a really good one. Uh, yes. Excellent. Yeah. Caesar shows up as a ghost. And he's like, Hey, you going to Philippi? Brutus is like, yeah, I'm going to Philippi. She's like, see you there, right. bud. See you there. All right. Big I'm out. <laughs> Maybe Perry Ellis well, was a See you girl. later. <laughs> um, it was Bonzi Colson, by the way. That's who I was Oh, yeah. Played for Notre Dame for <laughs> surprisingly only four years, but it felt like much longer. Shout Alex, who Bonzi is your nomination Coulson. for the Perry Ellis or Bonzi Colson? Well, he know he was getting Wells. on a Shakespeare podcast. <laughs> That guy is still in the league award. Who do you got, Alec? Yeah, my nominee for this one is Lepidus. And the reason for this is <laughs> the sense that Antony seems to have so much scorn for this guy. I'm surprised he hasn't killed him yet. Okay. Word. He just turns around and say, hey, Lepidus, yeah, you're, yeah, let's talk. And then you're gone. Oh, now you're a bad person. Well, Lepidus, as far as we know, still hanging around, hanging on by a thread, <laughs> even though he's apparently hated by, I don't know, his quote-unquote boss or mentor. 
Well, and yeah, no. this guy who is he just saying, showed up, and we're surprised that he's still got eligibility left. Yes, exactly. Because it's like you seem to. You're, it's like you're going to play a big role here, and then right when you, the immediate time you walk out, you just get completely destroyed by your peers. It's like, well, you're. I mean, are you just free riding your scholarship here, Lepidus? You just want to shout out in the play? It's like. How many red shirts are you going to take here? Is he going to show up at the end of Act Five? Maybe, maybe Lepidus is going to save the day. Okay, maybe he's going to lead the comeback. But for now, it's like really, you're still around the way. Antony hates you so much. I'm surprised he didn't just kill you. Word, because he's into that, Antony. As it turns out, into a little bit, people. yeah. Um, my nomination. And this is the second. This is like the ninth time I've nominated this character. He's clearly my favorite character. Is Lucius. Lucius is still around. That's who I was thinking too. <laughs> How is that guy still here? Like, what? I mean, I guess Brutus is around and Brutus keeps Lucius around, but like, man, like, first of all, who did Brutus leave home with Portia? Maybe that's why Portia swallowed hot fire. Like, because Whoa. she didn't have anyone to take care of her. Uh, but uh, yeah, Lucius sticking around. Because I, I honestly, I thought to myself, like, when you, when you had mentioned Lucius in the past, I was like, oh, he's going to be a big deal. This guy's going to be a big deal in the play. Kyler's bringing nope. up a lot. Kyler's bringing up a lot because he's going to play such a huge role. So every time I see his name, I'm like, this is it. This is moment. He's going to he's gonna shine right here. Lucius is going to come through with a home run. And, and then there he is falling asleep in the middle of his own song. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Which is, you know, probably the coolest thing he's done the entire story. Yeah, that well, that, I that like seems hard to back do. And forth with Portia, it uh, well, yeah, I've I've done it singing to my kids, but I wasn't also playing a lute, so uh, it's tough. Yeah, pretty impressive. Or planning a conspiracy. All right, my vote is obviously for Julius Caesar's ghost. That guy's still in the league. How how does he have any eligibility left? He's literally dead. Uh, Alex, uh, do you differ, or is Trey getting the clean sweep of nominations here? I do. Not differ. <laughs> Julius Caesar's ghost. He's Great the seventh year senior. Ghost. He is exactly right. Very good. Uh, Trey, do you vote for yourself? Are your guns stuck by once again? No, I'm going to go. With, I'm going to go with Lucius for the same reason. That, 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 you know, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Total shocker. But I truly I, that one. It, it's almost annoying seeing his name at this point. So, um, I'm waiting, waiting <laughs> well, it's him. probably my fault because I keep nominating him for stuff. <laughs> yeah, you keep reminding me that he's there. Yeah, Maybe the ghost got a medical man. hardship. Maybe that's yeah. It. That, that would be hard as a ghost. Yeah. Have the same impact. <laughs> oh my gosh, man, that was really cool of the NCAA to award him that waiver after <laughs> yeah. he got murdered by fifteen dudes in the Capitol. <laughs> That so noble, the NCA. Oh my gosh! All right, let's get to the the, the Deadpool. Um, this is who's alive and who's dead. The draft. Um, Alex, we've got Anthony alive. Check, he's still alive. Yeah. Trey, we've got Caesar dead. Check, he's well, Question sort mark. of dead. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you get half a point for that. <laughs> Uh, Kyler, we've got Calpurnia alive, uh, and we don't know any better. We don't know whether or not he's alive. But the next one, hilariously, we do know is dead, and that's Cicero. So I had Cicero dead. Trey had Cicero alive. Let me just quote Marcellus here. Cicero is dead. (laughs) 
And then uh, Alex says Brutus dead. Uh, hang on. We'll see if we'll see how that goes shortly. We'll see. Um, yeah. Good good episode, guys. This was fun. I uh, I I found uh, more ways to laugh at Anthony calling Lepidus his horse than I expected. Uh, really good nominations for the uh, for the awards as well. Let's do some rapid fire bold predictions. I'll go first. Uh, I think the next act will not end with any of the three Anthony gang being dead. All of them will be alive. Alex, what do you got? I thought you were going to say the next act would be the final act. That would have been a bold prediction. Let me <laughs> tell you. Yeah. But uh, my bold prediction will be one of the mainstay characters, Antony or Brutus, will meet their demise. Just one, not both. It's not going to be like it's not going to be like a head-on collision where they both get KO'd. Yeah. All right, Trey, uh, you're rapid fire. Oh, I admittedly read ahead, but I did write down my prediction before I did, and I wrote down that someone will be beheaded. Oh! Wow, I like that one. All right, we'll find out next week on Act 5. A pleasure to be with you. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe. We are on yes. Spotify, and I think we're on iTunes, but soon enough, if not already, uh, like and subscribe.